Phoenix Audio presents Not Enough Indians by Harry Shearer, read by the author. Part 1. Chapter 1. The Town of Gamage, New York, September 1996. The meeting had lasted for hours. Adrenalized by the crisis atmosphere in the room and indeed in the town, citizen after citizen had marched to the podium and tinkered with the goosenecked microphone, sending a painful array of mechanical groaning noises through the public address system. Finally satisfied with mic-to-mouth relationship, as one they denounced in thrilling varieties of fiery language, the proposed city garbage tax. Just exactly what are we supposed to do? The ideologically plain Lucy Stryker demanded, her voice rising in a quasi-operatic shriek. Eat our trash? You people, the elfin septuagenarian Arnold Lipschitz croaked at the board of select persons sitting in front of him, stone-facedly enduring the barrage. Can't be this stupid. You must be plain evil. Maybe fifty dollars a month doesn't mean much to you, pear-shaped Daria Long said in her brusque, don't you know common sense when you hear it manner. But for some of our folks, it's going to be a choice between buying food and getting the garbage picked up. Board member Casey Elliott couldn't stop himself. Picking nervously at his stringy black ponytail, he leaned into the microphone that craned over his position at the long, curved dais of the board. The sweetness of his voice, high fructose corn syrup sweetness, not quite Mexican Coke sweetness, almost masking the sharpness of his reply. Well, it seems to me the less food you buy, the less garbage we have to pick up. So wouldn't it be true that it seemed just in this particular light that the problem kind of solves itself? The members of the town of Gamage Board of Select Persons, who had now endured a full evening of heated abuse in a woefully under-air-conditioned meeting room in late August, allowed themselves a guilty chuckle. Then, after having heard 72 citizens rail unanimously against the garbage tax, they did the inevitable, declaring a municipal emergency, which bypassed the second reading requirement and made their action take effect immediately, they passed the despised tax unanimously. During the hubbub of anger and frustration that now erupted in the cheap seats, the board adjourned in memory of Elizabeth Gamage Stanton, the great-granddaughter of the town's founder, who had died the previous weekend of liver disease. Over the customary coffee at TGIED's, which stayed open late on board nights, the select persons rued their fate. This was sinking pretty low, moaned Mayor Curtis Zorn. I felt like shit sitting up there. The eatery, filled with faux Art Deco fixtures and fake Tiffany windows, had been part of the nationwide TGI Friday system. But when the chain pulled out, the new owners had had the money only to make a minimal change in the large sign out front. There was, in fact, no Edie. Zorn, a thin, studious-looking man in his mid-thirties with dirty blonde hair parted in the middle and long enough to be tucked behind his ears, had been elected mayor on a good government platform, clean up the police department, improve the schools, plant new trees in the parks, the usual reform menu. And he was acutely embarrassed about devoting his first major effort since the election to taxing Gamage's citizens for the privilege of not having their coffee grounds and grapefruit rinds and eggshells pile up in their sinks. Aside from words, he expressed that embarrassment by distractedly running his hand through his hair, as if a slightly neater personal appearance could compensate for the derelict state of his city. If you think you felt like shit tonight, wait till next month. Barbara Menzies said, beginning to devour her second chocolate donut of the night. What's next month? Elliot asked, sipping a decaf. City manager wants a sewage tax, Menzies replied, matter-of-factly. Menzies, known to her critics at GamageGab.com, the online rump of the city's former daily newspaper, as Barbara Menzies, was a no-nonsense kind of woman. 
if you considered a seriously overweight lesbian with a mannish haircut to be lacking in nonsense. To the citizens of Gamage's second district, though, she did what select persons were supposed to do. Get the bulbs and the streetlights replaced promptly. Get last winter's potholes filled in before next winter started. Get new pedestrian crossing stripes painted on the rare occasions when a street was repaved. That, of course, was in the days when there was money in the city budget to do such things, in the days when the city's businesses had names like Target and Rite Aid and Exxon instead of Turgot and It Aid and XX, before the time of the garbage tax and the sewage tax and the excuse-me-for-living-here tax. Tell you one good thing, Casey Elliott confided while pulling the red scrunchie off his ponytail and letting his freak flag fly at the table. We'd feel a heck of a lot worse if tonight's mess had been broadcast on WPUR. The select persons chimed in with caffeinated agreement. WPUR, Pure Radio, had been Gamage's local bastion of national culture, a public radio station nearly...